And this is part two of Sin Has Consequences. So I'm just going to give a brief recap here. Not recap, but introduction to where I'm going. So in the meantime, I'd like you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 15. And we'll start at verse 13. But before I start reading, I'm just going to tell you what happened up until that point, And then I'll read. I'm only going to read the things that I think are pertinent for what I want to relate to you today. So just turn to 2 Samuel chapter 15. We'll, I'll start at verse 13 when I'm ready. So in the meantime, so we know Absalom had his brother, Absalom had, had his brother murdered. And of course he didn't return home. He flees. And he goes to stay with his grandfather in Geshur. And during that time, David mourned for his son Amnon. Now, Three years pass by, and David is no longer mourning or grieving for his son. But he's now longing to see Absalom. So he hasn't seen Absalom in three years, and he's over the death of Amnon. He's not over it, but he's no longer mourning. So that tells you how long he's been mourning. Now Absalom now is allowed to return back to his house. But he's not able to see his father because the father didn't want to see him right away. However, after some time and some persuasion, David received Absalom and he forgave him. Nothing wrong with that. That's, that's the behavior. That's what you ought to do. However, as time passed, Absalom became popular and more powerful. And how he obtained that popularity and power, what he was doing, he was secretly and underhandedly usurping the authority of the king, David, his father. So he was behind the scenes usurping his father's authority. Now David found out about it and he did nothing about it. He did nothing about it. That's not good. He allowed Absalom to have his way. So now 40 years go by. 40 years. And the conspiracy continues and grows where Absalom's power now is so great that now he seeks to have his father murdered to seize the throne. This is what happened when he just let things go. Now I'm going to pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And from verse 13 I'm going to read. Now the, a messenger came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us, and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servant said to the king, We are your servants ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. Then the king went out with all his household after him. But the king left ten women, concubines, to keep the house. So with that read, you see here now, David finds out about the plot to have him murdered and to seize the throne. So he hastily gathers, gather, gather up his wives, and some of the concubines, 
And he flees in haste. He leaves Jerusalem. He, he abandons his, his home in haste. And he left there with no plan. And he ended up in the wilderness. But then he leaves ten women who were concubines to keep the house. While he fled with the servants and his army. Now let's go to uh, verse 30. Let's pick it up in verse 30. So now he's in the wilderness with his army and with his, his wife and his servants. So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went up. Verse 31. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O oh Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Now it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God. There was Hushai, the archite, coming to, to meet him and his robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I was your father's servant previously. So I will now also be your servant. Then you may, be, you, then you may defeat the council of Ahithophel for me. And do you not have Zadok and Abithar the priest with you there? Therefore it will be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall tell Zadok, and Abithar the priest. Indeed they have there with their, their two sons, Ahimez, Zadok, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abithar's son. And by them you shall send me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went into the city. And Absalom came into the Jerusalem. Now I read all that just to point out a few things. What we need to watch here, pay attention to, is David found out about Ahithophel's scheming. Now, Ahithophel is Bathsheba's father. Ahithophel used to counsel David. But Ahithophel turned against David and went with Absalom. So you know he had some deep resentment to what David did to his daughter and he did to his son-in-law, Uriah. So now he is siding with Absalom, who is David's enemy. So Ahithophel is now one of the conspirators with Absalom, who is against David. And also he was one, he's now one of Absalom's advisors, as he was one of David's advisors, and you'll see that as we keep reading. Now what is interesting about what's happening here, David turned to God and prayed. I mean, this is to be admired. He never ever, no matter how deficient he was in character, no matter what sin he committed, he never ever turned away from God. He turned to God and prayed and he said, Lord, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And David worshipped God. Despite everything that's happened, he worshipped God. And you see, those who were loyal to him, they also followed him. 
and they w- went up weeping with him because of the situation they were in. They had to flee their home. They were in the wilderness. Didn't have a plan. Didn't know where they were going. And David went up to the Mount of Olives, worshiping God and praying. And with that, Hushai, he sent Hushai and priests as spies. I mean, it's amazing when he prayed, Lord, turn Ahithophel's uh, counsel, turn it into foolishness. Hushai came, and it came to him to send Hushai and the priests as spies so that they can tell David what Absalom is plotting. So Hushai agrees, and with the priests they went to meet Absalom. So now we're going to pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 16. And so it was, when Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! So Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your, your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve the presence of his son, as I have served in your father's presence? So will I be in your presence. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give advice as to what we should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the top of the house. And Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle, as the oracle of God, at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and Absalom. Okay, I'm going to stop there. What do we see see here now? So we see Absalom receiving Hushai, who David sent as a spy. But what was amazing about the conversation? If you pick up on what what is said here in verse 16 through 19, Absalom asked a very important, made an important statement and question to Hushai. He said, Why aren't you with your friend? Isn't there a loyalty to your friend, my father? And Hushai said something very interesting. And if you, Absalom missed it, and if you read through this too quick, you'll miss it too. Hushai said to Absalom, No. But whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom I should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in your father's presence, so will I be in your presence. Now, this is what he said to Absalom, and Absalom received him. But if you read between the lines what Hushai is saying here. Hushai affirms his loyalty to David. Because he said here, No, but whom the Lord and the people and the men of Israel choose, this I will be. 
Who did the Lord choose to be king? David. He anointed David to be king. Not Absalom. He anointed David to be king. So he's saying here, whom the Lord choose. And furthermore, he said, I should, should I not serve in the presence of my son? Of his son? As I have served in the presence of David? Hushai is committed to God. He's committed to David because David is the one the Lord chose to be king. So whether he is in Absalom's presence or David's presence, he is loyal to the anointed, the chosen king, who is David. So Absalom doesn't pick up on that. Why? Because of his pride and his arrogance. So Ahithophel advises now Absalom to go to David's house and sleep with his concubines. And he said, listen, it's not just go sleep with the concubines. Pitch a tent on top of the house for everyone to see. And go sleep with, the, with your father's concubines. And there is a reason for that. Sleeping with the king's wives or concubines was to make a claim to the throne. You saying you're taking possession of what belongs to the king. Now th to tell you the boldness of that, of that move. He didn't go and occupy David's house. He pitched a tent on top of the house for everyone to see. And everyone know what was happening. So it was in his father's face. Okay? So Absalom listened to the counsel of Ahithophel. And of course, what Nathan said, Nathan, Nathan already predicted what was going to happen. So God already knew before it was going to happen, God already knew what was going to happen. And he told David, through Nathan the prophet, he said, this is what is going to happen. So that is a, 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 a warning to us. When God said something, when his word said something, I don't care what if you believe it or not, what he says is going to happen. It is going to happen. Whether it's in my lifetime or your lifetime, it doesn't matter. What God says is going to happen. Nobody can change it. It cannot be it cannot be changed, it cannot be voided. God's word never returns void. Anyhow, so Absalom pitched the tent under the advice of Ahithophel on the roof for everyone to see, see sleeping with his father's concubines. Flaunting the power, his power and his claim to the throne. Fulfilling what Nathan said. He said, your wives will be given to your neighbor. And he will lie with them in the sun, in the open. That's what was happening. So you see here, Ahithophel was deceptive. His advice to David and Absalom were false. Why did I say that? Because it says here in verse 23. It says, the advice Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. He used to come to them and say, it's like, thus says the Lord. But Ahithophel is not a prophet. He's not anointed by God. But he come and say, thus says the Lord. Or this is what I believe the, the Lord, God requires you to do, or God wants you to do. But he was false. And that is another, warn, another warning for us today. There are always people trying to tell us that they hear from God. And this is what God wants us to do. Or this is what they believe God wants us to do. 
You take that with a grain of salt. If you know the person's character and if you know what they say comes to pass, then you, you, you really listen to what they have to say. But any, any, any fool could come and tell you, this is what I believe the Lord wants you to do. Don't listen to that. Don't fall for that. Okay? We have to be careful. But Ahithophel, what I'm saying is he was deceptive. His advice to David and Absalom were false because he pretended to hear from God. Ahithophel now advises Absalom now to send his army of 12,000 to pursue David and kill him. Because he believed now David is weak because he fled his home. He left with his, his army, which is, of course, um, the number is smaller than Absalom's army. So he's weak. He's vulnerable. So you grab, you get 12,000 people uh, of, your, of your strongest men and pursue David to kill him. And he agreed. But he wanted to hear now what Hushai had to say. He heard, uh, uh, he heard uh, Hithophel's advice. Now he wants to hear Hushai's advice. And Hushai tells him. He, appe he appeals to Absalom through flattery and predicted glory for Absalom. He said, yeah, you should go after David and you lead the charge. You lead the charge in battle. And he led the army of, he led his army in a battle against David. That's what Absalom did. His pride, his ego. So Hushai was setting him up, but he didn't know. So Hushai, what Hushai does now, he warns David of the plan. Because he had the spies, so he sent the priests to warn David. So David and Absalom's army fought. And eventually, Absalom was killed. And what is crazy about this now is David hears of Absalom's death because David wasn't on the battlefield because his, his men told him, do not go. You stay. We can't afford to lose you. You stay while we go and fight. So David listened to them. So when he heard his son was killed, he wept. He mourned for his son. Which is understandable. I mean, that is reasonable. We you're going to mourn. He loved, his, he loved his son. He loved Amnon. He loved Absalom. He loved all his children. But what was wrong and what happened here? And let me point this out. You could read the account for yourself in Second Samuel chapter 19. David mourned for his son, which is reasonable. That's understood. But what he did, he did it at the expense of the same people who sacrificed themselves to save him and his family. That is not good. So the people who stood with him, when his son was against him and sacrificed to save his life, his life of his household, his family, he disgraced them because instead of celebrating the victory they had over the threat against him, him and his household and his throne, he turned that time into a time of mourning over the same person, Absalom, who tried to have him killed and usurp his throne. So they weren't happy about that. So he made a time of victory into a time of mourning the dead. He made mourning Absalom a priority, which 
The people were not happy with his army. The men who led his army were not happy with that. And they told him about it. They said, if you keep this up, it's going to be worse for you. Because they would all turn against him. And then he would really lose the crown. And you see, God is in the midst of everything here. And you see God bringing people in David's life to lead him the right way. And most of the time he makes the right decision. But you see, what we see here about David, it showed how blindly he spoiled his children. And he tolerated the sin. And, it's not, and tolerating the sin not only threatened the, 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 the people, but threatened the, his household. It threatened the throne. And nothing is wrong with mourning for your son. But you also got to comfort your servants, the people who sacrificed themselves so that you can still remain king. Show appreciation for their support, for their sacrifice and for the victory. You know, talk about Joab who told him exactly how they felt. That's the relationship they had. They were able to come and tell him exactly how they feel. And what was good is that David listened. So what I really want us to get from from, from this account with Amnon and Absalom and, and the consequences of sin. A couple things we should keep in mind here. Not only does sin have consequences, but there is no time limit. Forty plus years, he lost his son, one son, another son, one son because he didn't do anything about it. Then another son became his enemy because he didn't deal with that son either. 40 years he's dealing with the drama and the fallout from his own sin. And because his character is deficient as a parent, the fallout of what the prophet said was became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And my hope when reading that is David learned something about his character. But it tells me 40 years plus. I mean, this is a long time going through all the drama. And what we do matters. It tells me what we do matters. What we do or don't do matters. And we should not be quiet about sin in our household. I don't care if, the, if they get upset. You've got to let them know where you stand. And if they take your advice, great. If they don't take your advice, you do not hold yourself accountable for the mess that your kids get themselves into. Do not come under condemnation because they have the opportunity to choose also. Absalom had the opportunity to choose but his father just said nothing. He did nothing. But that's why I said do not be quiet. Speak up. Let your children know where you stand and then leave the consequences to God. At least your conscience is clear. You have spoken up. You have said what you had to say about sin, about whatever it is. I don't mean doing things in anger. I mean doing things because you love your children. You love them and that's why you're willing to chastise them and tell them the truth. Don't hide it. You try to cuddle, cuddle them and, and protect them, you are doing them a disservice because that's, that stuff's going to come back to bite you. David did not chastise Amnon. He did not chastise Am Absalom. That's why they, I mean Amnon was murdered and Absalom was killed. And, he, and his throne was threatened. 
because he didn't deal with the sin in the family. David's love for his children was destructive to them. You understand? You love your children so much. That love doesn't help them. It becomes a hindrance to their life and their, the way of living, their relationship, their future. That is a weird kind of love. Oh, I love my children. I love them. That's why I do this. You spoil them. You are destroying them. That is what ha what's what happens. Because you do not know how to be a parent. Everything Nathan said came to pass. And knowing this, and we see, and I know, and I'm telling you, and I said it earlier, the Word of God tells us in advance. That's why we have the Bible. It tells us in advance what God is going to do. If you obey Him, these are the results, the consequences. If you disobey Him, these are the consequences. It's laid out in black and white. And we have to make the choice for ourselves. Nobody can make the choice for us. But I'm saying, whatever you choose, be willing to live with the consequences. You cannot blame anybody else but yourself. If you know the Word of God, if you know your life has been better than that of your parents, you have no excuse because you are hearing the Word of God. And that what you do after you get off this line, it's, it's on you. It's on you. It's not on me. It's not on your neighbor. It's not on your husband. It's not on your kids. It's on you. Because we have to make the choice. Just as David has to make, had to make the choice about what kind of father he was going to be. And he failed. And you saw the, the outcome of his failure. And the outcome of him can control his own lust and desires. And that same curse was upon his son Amnon. Raping his half-sister because he couldn't contain his lust. Yes, that's how generational curses come about. When you don't deal with stuff, it perpetuates through the line, your line, when you don't deal with it. However, Everything Nathan said came to pass. And we and I says, as I said before, God's word will never ever return void. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. God's word will never ever return void. If he said this world is coming to an end, it is going to come to an end. We may not believe it, but I don't care what you all believe. I know what he says, and I know through my experiences in this life with God. Everything he said to me has come to pass. So why should I doubt him? Why? Everything I've seen and the things that I see happening, the understanding that I have gotten today of what's happening in the world, everything is written in this Bible. And the only way you don't see is know what's happening is because you're blind. And you're blind because by choice. Because the Bible, Jesus, the Bible says, it says, if you seek me, you will find me. That's what the Bible says. If you seek me, God says, you will find me. And I will reveal myself to you. And I will show you things to come. That's what the word of that's what it says. And and God doesn't return God doesn't lie. We must not be afraid to conf confront and tackle the hard things in our lives. 
But do it according to the wisdom of God. Get good counsel from people you trust. We'll be better off in the long run. We've got to keep ourselves from evil. And know that if we don't deal with the issues in our household, there's going to be division. And there is going, our family is going to be torn apart. That is guaranteed because the Bible also says a house that divided is that's divided will not stand. So don't be afraid to tackle the hard things in your household. Don't cower. Don't cower out. Face it. Speak the truth to your children. My goodness. Don't try and hide stuff. Your children already know. By a certain age they already know mom and dad aren't perfect. They already know. Walking in righteousness with God is priority over family. Do you hear what I just said? Yes, I just said that. Sometimes doing God's will will cause us to go against family. But God will always be our vindicator. Don't allow your emotions with your family to cause you to disobey the things of God. Because the enemy will use anyone, including your wife or your husband, even your kids, to take you off track. Don't allow it. Be wise. Obey God no matter what. Even if it costs you friends, it costs you your family. Obey God. Because God is the one. He's going to rescue you. He's going to be the one. Remember this, as it said, the cream always rise to the top. Listen, when it's all said and done, God will bring, will, will, will exalt you. God will vindicate you. That's hard, but you know what? You win. He honors courage. He honors strength. Because that's faith. That's faith. 